Okay. Okay. Okay, so the shir, the shir tonight is called the Nesim's Donation, Gematria, and Atbash. Okay? So, so it's, it starts off, <laughs> it starts off with um, the gift of the Nesim. Okay? The gift of the Nesim. They gave all the different things, you know? They each gave, um, you know, the, the thing in the Parsha which is repeated multiple times. Right? So we'll get into it. And there's some interesting ideas. And involved in it is a number of gamachios. A number of gamachios. And also, also one atbash. You know, atbash, atbash, gar, dak. Right. Okay. So that means, if you're not familiar with atbash, so atbash, gar, dak, means aleph is interchangeable with taf because they're the first and last letter in alphabet. And a base is interchangeable with uh, shin because there's a second and second and second to last letter in the half base, and gimel with resh and dalit with ta ta yikuf, right and so on. Okay, <coughs> so there's a combo gamachi atbash combo. Okay, okay. So basically, the, the, the second describe all the details of each of the nesiim. And the question is, what are the nesiim? Come up with this idea of what they're going to give, right? As I assume familiar. Right? We read it twelve times in the message part, so, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to read it more than once. I'm not going to read it once, okay? So, what is the deal with these? Uh, how do you come up with these uh, karbanos, right? So, um, Rashi brings her Moshe Darsh. This is in the pasuk of Yidchas um, Das. There's a Rashi. He brings down. I'm in the middle there. So Nisano ben Suar was the one who, um, who recommended this, um, you know, this etza, uh, the advice to give the following kabbalas. What's it? What is the idea based upon? So first thing, karas kasef achas. Okay, so that's one, one silver ball. Okay, so what's why one silver ball? That's a strange thing to do. Why one silver ball? Okay, and again, it's one silver ball, Sloshim Umea Mishkala, that weighed 130, and Mizuak Echad and one basin of silver, Shivim Shekel B'Shekel Kodesh, that weighed 70 shekel of uh, the holy shekel. Shneim Meleim Solas Blavashonacha. They're both filled with solas mixed with flour mixed with oil of the carbonate. Okay, so again, it's a bowl and a basin of silver. Okay, one of each. One weighed 130, the other one weighed uh, 70 shekel, right? And they're both filled with uh, with uh, solas, uh, you know, solas and, and um, shaman. Okay, so Rashi tells us, he says, um, sorry, so Rashi's quoting, this is again on your chasitas, so he says, minion, it's karas kesav, minion osiosa, the gematria, tough, tough, koflamit. Okay, so the gematria of karas kesav. Silver plate is uh, 930, which corresponds to the years of automation. Okay, I checked the math, it works out. Okay. Shoshamea Mishkala. Okay, so why is it 130 uh, weight? The weight is 130. When Adam had kids, which would propagate the world, he was only he was 130 years old. Kind of heavily had very, very early on. But, uh, like what child through whom he built the world was really Shays. He's 130 years old and he had 
a child in his likeness in his image. Okay, and that was uh, Shes. And the, the, the Raman Maruchim says prior to that he had children of Esan Chazal, which were like Shadim or something like that. They weren't fully human. And finally, at 130, the one who really had a son of Kim, who was going to carry on the name of Adam and the, the lineage of mankind, traces through that. Shes was 130. So again, he was 930 years old. That's how long he lived. And that's the Gematria of Karas Kasef. And he was 130, he weighed 130, corresponding to his age when he had uh, Shes. Okay. And then Mizrak Echad Kasef, Mizrak Echad Kasef, that's one, ba- one uh, basin of silver. The Gematria Tav Kav Chaf, it's 520. Why 520? That was when Noah when he had kids when he was 500 years old. And where's the 20? So the, the decree of the of the Mabal was 20 years before Noah had kids. Okay, so the decree of the Mabal was 20 years before Noah had kids. This way, okay, now it doesn't spell this out, but th- this explains as a Rashi in, in Noah that that says that he's bothered by the fire. Well, let me just read this for a second. So yeah, I'll get I'll get to that in a second. So yes. So it says, um, so again, so 500 years old, that's how old Noah was when he had kids. That he had those kids, the decree was 20 years before he had kids. So that's 520. Okay, so it's like 520 are like kind of different numbers, but they're kind of related, right? And then he says, it's interesting. The figach nemer mizrak echad kasaf. The lo nemer mizrak kasaf echad. Kemosh nemer vikara, lomash af osios shal echad, mizrakos Okay, so if you'll notice, he's bothered by the following. Okay, look at this. Karas kasef achas, right? Karas kasef achas, a plate of uh, silver. One. And then it said, a basin, one, of silver. So it's not consistent. The Jews said karas, mizrak kasef achad. Right? Why is it that when it said karas kasef achas, the achas is after, and mizrak achad kasef, the achad is in the middle of the two words. So he says, because by karas kasef, the achas isn't part of the gematria. To get to 9.30, the age of Adam or Yishon, you need Karas Kasef. That's 9.30. But to get the Gemachio for Adam, for Noah, to reach 5.20, you have to include the word Echad. So put the word Echad in the middle, so it's included in the Gemachio. Okay? 5.20. Okay. Shivim Shakel, why did it weigh 70? Right? Because by Adam, it had the 9.30 was the age, and 1.30 and he had kids. But you have 5.20 is already kind of including his age, right? So why does it have... 70, Shivan Shekel, Kanek Shivan, Humos Yatsun Banaf. Can I respond to the 70 nations which came from his offspring, from his kids? Right? So 70 nations descended from Adam. Okay. Okay, that's the first Pasuk. Okay? Second Pasuk, I, I have some ideas for the first two seconds, and then it goes, I didn't really get to work on that so much. So let's just read a little bit, just get a feel for how this thing unfolds, but then we'll go back and try to analyze a little bit, okay? Let's get you a, a feel for what's going on here. One spoon, one ladle, that weighed, its weight was 10 shekel of, um, of zav, of gold. Meleaktor is filled with ketoros. Okay, so why, what's the, now there's three numbers here. Kaf achas, one kaf. Asara zav, weighed 10. Meleaktoros. I know you're thinking that's not a number, but we got Gamachia. <laughs> <laughs> so Rashi. Kalachas, can I get Torah? The Torah was given by the hand of the Kashbarko. That's Achas, that's one. Asarazav, ten gold. Can I get a source of Dibros? Boom. Malaya Ketoras, 
So the gematria of Ketoras, if you add it up, is 709. What's so special about 709? Nothing. <laughs> okay. But if you change the koth in Ketoras for a dalid <laughs> using Atbash Gar Dak, okay? Okay, Dalid is the fourth letter in Alphase, Kuf is the fourth to last, and it becomes Ditoras. Kitoras Ditoras. And Ditoras has the Gamachi of Tayag. Ah. <laughs> so that's the that's the Gamachia Ad Bashgardak combo. Okay? And it gives so again. One kaf is the Torah. Asarazahav is the ten debros. Ditoras is the six hundred and thirty Okay, and that's that possible. Okay? Nice. Beautiful, right? Okay. Then we'll just quickly. Par echad, ben makar, ayel echad, keves echad. One par, one ayel, one keves. So par echad is like Avram Bino, who took ben bakar. Ayel echad is going to get Yitzchak. Keves echad is going to get Yaakov. Okay? Right? So that's that possible. Okay? So these are connected to Avos. Then he says, Sirizim is the Chaper of Machiras Yosef. Because they dip the blood in uh, Sirizim. Right? For the Shlomim is Moshev and Aaron, Shnas Nushalom, Bin Yishal, Bin Yishal. So the Shlomim is Shnayim, Bakar Shnayim too. Because it's funny to Moshe and Aaron, who made Shalom. He's doing Kalish Shalom and Kalish Brachov. Elim, Atudim, Kavasim, Shloshaminim, three different species, three different types of animals. Why can I call them Israelim? Okay. Or can I turn them to them? Okay. Three fives, right? Chamishim, five of each. Can I get the Chamisha Chamisha Torah, the Chamisha Dibros on one one of the Luchos, and Chamisha Dibros on the other of the Luchos? Okay. So the three fives, five books, five commandments on one, five commandments on the other. Dibros. Okay. That's it. That's it for Moshe Darshan. Okay. So basically, he takes all the details of the uh, the, the kabbanos which they gave, right? And he basically is dorish different ideas, different references, Ramazim, in each of them. Some of them through the numbers, some of them through the gematrias, atbash, right? The weights, amounts, right? All that. Okay. So the question is. <laughs> I guess what do you do with this whole thing, right? I mean, this is uh, Nisan Atan of Ventura's idea, right? All these ideas about giving these not these things. So, what, what's the uh, Nisan Moshe Darshan being endorsed on? But what's the uh, what, what do we do overall? I mean, we have to get into the particulars. But what would you think are um, in an overarching idea? What's what would you say? What, what to make of all these Joshos? Seems like he's uh, tying this event of like Hanukkah's mission to like the history of the world. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Somehow tying this into yeah the history of the world, going all the way back to Adam to Noah, Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Moshe, Aaron, Torah. Right. It's like packaging it as somehow connected, maybe referencing. Various ideas, significant ideas, milestones, markers, if you will, in history, and somehow connecting up the Mishkan, the Chanukah Mishkan, the dedication of the Mishkan, 
and the gifts which the Nesim are giving, somehow connecting that up with all these different things. Right? Okay. Why would he do such a thing? Because the dedication of the Meshkan was sort of the culmination of the world's history at that point. Okay, good. Good. This, uh, the, the dedication of the Mishkan isn't just a random, isolated event. It just happens to happen on this day. It's, yeah, it's a culmination. We've been building towards this. In a certain sense, you could say this is where the, the world is, is trending until this point, is to be able to have Hashrash, you know, and the Mishkan. And like the Mishkan is for, for the whole world, in a sense, right? We bring Karbanos and Sukkis for the Shivamumos. It's like the the Mishkan, the Mikdash, is really, in a sense, it's the vehicle through which Shem Hashem could be made to pass down to the world. So when they dedicated the Mishkan, arguably by referencing all these different ideas, Adam, Noah, Havram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Moshe, David, the Torah, the Luchos, the Libros, the Tariq Mitzvos, it's like contextualizing it and saying, this Mishkan should be understood in a greater context. It's not just one random event. It's a culmination. It exists. There's a whole understanding of the Mishkan in the back of the back against the backdrop of the um, of these uh, all the events which took place before and I guess some of them a little bit after. Right. Okay. Good. Good. So. Okay. So with that in mind. Maybe we could try to look at some of the particulars, okay? Some particular ideas which are referenced by the uh, gifts which the Nassim gave, okay? Now, there's a big, the big million-dollar question in the back of my, in the back of my, in my back, in the back of my mind, but maybe yours also, okay, is, didn't, is this actually what Nassim ben was thinking? I don't know. Is this actually what the Torah was referencing? Is gematrios? I mean, it sounds like he's implying it because achad, achad, that switch of the word to make gematrios. It, it almost sounds like Rashi's doing that, but is that, I don't know. Is this like the, by design of Nisam and Suar, by design of the Torah? Is it just bringing it out after the fact? I mean, it sounds like it's making it, this is why he did that. So that's the nicest form of this whole thing, yeah. Um, isn't, uh, didn't ever, all the Nisim get the same thing? Yeah, so that's what the, so Rashi says that Nassim and Sur his Sianetzazu, he advised them. So it sounds like he came up with it and they all emulated, did the same thing. Okay, they liked it. They bought it. Good question. There's this a whole other discussion of why does the Torah have to just repeat the whole same thing 12 times? It's the exact same thing. Sounds like Rashi's learning since they, you know, he had the idea. I think the Ramban, Gershon tell me the Ramban says that no, they all independently came up with it and they all happened to coincide with the exact same numbers. Hmm. Okay, which is, you know, there's a Medrash. He forgot to Medrash. The Medrash goes through how they each count to these numbers. But it sounds like Rashi's learning it's one plan. And this is what they're all referencing. But yeah, Joe, you're going to Right, and then even assuming this is exactly like his uh, reference, like, which way did it go? Did he, like, decide, I want to bring two goats and then count up the number? Right. Or did he say, okay, I want to get to 920. Which <laughs> yeah, right. things do I know? That <laughs> right. and, you know yes, yes. Yeah. So loud. yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's, you know, sometimes that's the million dollar question of gematrios in general. You know, like when you have these gematrios, when you have ideas on gematrios, like did the Torah write it with that on purpose or did it, was it somehow constructed in the connection family afterwards? Or, uh, that's, that's a good question. 
Okay, but let's uh, leave that question alone. Okay. I think in general that question, I don't know if I'd ever really answer that question well, but it's, I don't think it's the way to, to begin. Okay. And the, the other thing I'd like to say is the, again, I, I'm not sure to what degree you guys know that I've, I have a whole theory about machos, but the one thing I've learned over the years about analyzing machos is not to analyze them directly. Okay, to try to see the ideas which the Rashi is telling you, and then see if you could figure out what the Gematria is and why he's using Gematria or whatever. But first, just try to ignore the Gematria and just look at it like it's a remes, whatever. Much is just another way to have a remes. Okay, so remes too, no after Adams, the Ketorah, the Torah, the Mitzvahs. And then we can kind of get into more specifically why the vehicle of Gematria is used. That's what I have a theory about. But let's, that, you know. Starting with that theory is never been fruitful. So that's the theory, whether you heard it or you didn't hear it, whatever. Come back to it later. Okay? So the, the Pasuk that I think I have the most interesting ideas about, again, I, I only have time to work on the first two Pasukim, and I started the second one first. Okay? And I, I like the ideas better for that one. So let's start with the second one. I don't know how long it's going to take anyways. So we'll start with the second Pasuk. If we have time, we'll get to the first one, but maybe we won't. Okay? And then you guys will finish up the rest. Okay. Okay. So, so the, the second part like says, "Kaf achas asarazav meleyakatoras." Okay. Now, now, by the way, another thing I want to mention is I have a whole theory about the gemara. Okay. I've never and might be interesting here. Okay. So let me just let me just roughly tell you the basic theory. Okay. But it's just going you know, to sound like a rough theory. Which is not gonna, if you haven't heard this before, it's not going to mean that much. Maybe it will become clear in a little bit. Okay? But um, the theory is, is that Chazal used Gematrios, which is, let's just for a second think about how strange Gematrios. Gematrios, you take a word, you change the letters. Words have meanings. You change the letters into numbers. You add up the numbers. And you kind of look if that number has some other significance, or there's another word that happens to match up to it, and then go backwards, right? It's a strange thing. Words are not numbers, words are words, right? But it's like the words, it's like a decoding system, you know? Okay, so why do that? Why take a word and make it numbers? So so my the theory is is that Hazal used Gematria specifically when they want to direct your attention to a certain type of an idea. Okay. Namely, an idea which in which quantity plays an important role. Quantity. Certain areas in the, in the universe, in Torah, in life, in analysis, is about qualitative areas or categories, different qualities. Sometimes quantity plays a significant role, a prominent role. Okay? And when they want to direct your attention to somewhere where numbers, quantities, amount, measurements are significant in a way that you wouldn't have otherwise noticed. They reference their idea using a numerical method. They take a word, which is like a qualitative thing, and they convert it into a quantity in order to point you towards the, the category of quantity. Okay. That's the theory. Okay. Hopefully we'll see an example of that I wrote Okay. Now, the reason why I tell you this is, is that someone's, I think, Discuss this with Rabbi Zimmer, maybe. Yes, or it's an open question. Is this unique to Gamachia? 
What are the, do other things like other other things like this? Right? Like specifically with quantity? No. Mm-hmm. Like I'm saying is that gematria is a particular method of drasha and it's used for a specific reason to reference our attention to quantity. Well, there's other methods of of, of limudim. There's asmachtas. There's you know, al tikri this, al tikri that. There's atbash gardak. There's I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm not sure what the well, you know. There's other, there's different methods. There's certain drash, some of them halacha, some of you don't need those. Question: Is there anything else like that? When the Torah ch- teaches you something using, because that's what I'm claiming. I'm claiming when Chazal teaches you something using gematria, it's not just another illusion. It's an illusion to a very specific type of idea. Is there anything else like that? Let me give you an example. Rabbi Zimmer told me I didn't hear this myself, but that Rabbi Moshe Tarragon, I think his name is Moshe from Gush. Mm-hmm. So he, he had a, has a shot where something similar to this. I can't verify this myself. I, I don't even know the particular example, but Rabbi Zimmer said he heard it and he liked it and he checked it in other places and it seems reasonable in Rabbi Zimmer's opinion. And Rashi he uses, I think it was Rashi or Fazal, use a word or say that a pasuk, a word in the Torah is derived from a word in some other language. Certain words in the Torah, like if you have, it was alone, bachus or something. Totafos, yes, totafos is taught. But when it does that, then it's when then what it's doing, it's like somehow referencing an idea which is like foreign to Torah or something like that. It's like bringing in like a foreign idea and somehow incorporating it or something to that effect, you know? So specifically using a foreign word in order to direct your attention towards some type of a foreign. I, I don't remember, I, I don't know if I ever knew the example in particular. But that would be like an example, a type of thing. So. The question was, what about Atbash Garda? You know, it doesn't come up all that all too often. But that's like, you know, in the back of my mind, given that I've done this Gematria thing, I kind of have this like brewing in the back of my mind. Is there, are there other things like this? Okay. So that's what this, you know, got my attention. This Atbash Garda thing, you know? So that would be nice if we could do this. If we could, you know, be right about that. Yes. What? No, it's it's its own drash. I don't think it's only in this case it happens to overlap with Gematria, but I don't think it's only that way. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I, you know, I, I've never really really looked into it too much. I just saw it here, but I'm pretty sure that they use it in uh, in other cases. I think they sometimes change words into it's like a cipher which changes words into other words. You know, like not necessarily Gematria. I think that's what it usually is. That's usually it's the other yeah. way, right? Not like this. when I saw this one, I was like. Yeah, how does it go? You exchange it one letter, and Gematria, I know. You know, usually it changes words into other words, yeah. right? Yeah, I think that's usually it does. And I didn't do the research on it, but I think this is like a combo. So again, arguably, we're only seeing one of them, and I have no clue whether it's going to work out. But that's kind of how the Gematria thing started. So, you know. Just, uh, yeah. Um, doesn't it seem uh, counterintuitive um, to exchange letters when Aleph for Tuf, for Beis, for Shin. I mean, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu was so particular in giving us the Torah, yeah. and then you're exchanging these letters, yeah. it appears to be, we don't have the right to change, we don't have the right to change a trap in right. the Torah. Right. But yet, they're changing letters in the Torah. Yeah. Doesn't this seem counterintuitive yes. to the message well, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu tried to tell us? Yeah, but unless HaKadosh Baruch Hu told us to be Doresh Ad where do you see that? I mean, it's a method of Hazal. I don't know that they made it up. 
know. It's like, well, uh, I, don't, I don't know the origins of it. It's not Halakha Moshe Misinai. We don't, it's not in the Torah. It's not Halakha Moshe Misinai. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's a Misora. Maybe it's a Joshua. Like, there's 32 Midas in Torah and Joshua, and I think one of them is a Gemachia. I don't know if I, I didn't look into it. But, I mean, again, I don't think it wasn't invented last year. You know, I'm not sure when it got invented, but arguably it's Misora. Arguably it's one of the methods. Which the Torah is midrash from, so I don't know from like from Chazal. I don't know. It's one of the methods of drasha of the Torah. It's not just a you know. But yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a strange thing to do. What are you doing? Changing letters? Ah, too tough. I mean, it sounds the whole thing sounds like a wild type of thing to do. As does gematria. Gematria we're used to, so it seems a little more reasonable. But it's not that normal. Gematria. It's like what are you doing? You're taking a word. Words have meanings, and you're just making it letters and numbers and then adding them. I mean, the whole thing is odd, right? Again, we do it so much that it's like you don't think twice about it, but it's a strange thing to do. As in Adbashadak is also very strange. I agree with you. But, you know, I know that it's, what are you doing? What's, what kind of method is it? Okay, so let's get moving. Okay, this is just all introduction. So let's see. So what's this idea? Kaf Achas is connected to Torah, which is given by the hands of the Kadesh Asara Zahav is connected to Sarasa Dibros. Malaya Ketoras corresponds to 613 Gematria. Okay? Forget the Gematria, that it's using Gematria. For now, let's just talk about 613. So it's referencing this one Pasuk. One God who gave Asara Dibros and the 613. All right? Kav Achas, Asara Zahav, Malaya Ketoras. <laughs> Ketoros. The Gematria, you want here. You got that? The Gematria of Ketoros. If you change the Kuf, which is the fourth la- the last letter for a Dalit, which is the fourth letter, it becomes 613. Yeah. Okay. So, what's the point? Are you referencing 1, 10, 613? Yeah. What do you get from this whole thing? Yeah. One, is the one corresponding to the one Torah or the one Agashvah? Hmm. I thought you had that as a Torah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Torah, Shanitna, Miyadash Agashvah. What's that? Wasn't the Kaf? Like, isn't Kaf? Isn't that because Kaf means hand? Yes. Oh. Yadosh al Gosh like Hashem's hand. Right, isn't that the. Oh, I guess. Uh, maybe I didn't even realize that. Maybe, yeah, maybe you're right, because kaf also means uh, palm. Right. Shape the ladle like a cup, palm suggests the hand of God. Where kaf means with a little spoon and palm that I have. Okay. One, one. So, so, therefore, what? Therefore, it's got one Torah or one hand? Or one Hashem? Or one hand? <laughs> you assume it means Torah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see, based on Kaf. Yeah, that's what it goes about. Or Kanegara Torah. No, I see. Yeah, okay. Okay, I hear you. Kaf. Kaf of the Torah. Kaf of the Gosh Baruch. No, it's just Kanegara Torah. Oh, Kanegara Torah. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no. Why is 
because it's Okay, so any ideas? Yeah, so you're saying is, what was your point? This is, it might be a question. It's funny that you, oh. you think the Torah is made of mitzvahs, right? Oh, the Torah is made up of mitzvahs. You hear the Torah is like holding, pretending the entire of mitzvahs. Oh, I see. It makes it sound separate. I see. I see. I see. Okay, here we go. Okay, good. Here we go. I mean, mitzvahs are an element of the Torah. Elements of? Yeah. Of the one Torah. Yeah. Right. I see. Okay, good. Uh, just pointing out these three steps, I guess. Yeah. It seems like, assuming coffee is a reference to the Torah, yeah. it seems like there are, at least it's presenting three um, sort of like, like I don't know, focuses that you can look at the Torah as. Foci. Foci, yes. Foci. Um, like you could have like, like it, depending on your, how close you're looking, I guess. You right. see a certain number of elements. Yeah. Like if you see, you know, like the Torah, if you zoom out totally, it's just right. one big Torah. But when right. you zoom in, it's like made of 10 parts. Right. If you zoom in on that, there's 630. Okay. Parts. Good. Good. I like that. I like it. I don't know what the idea is. No. No, I just made the folk guy point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Good. Good notice. Yeah. Let me show you another Rashi. Okay, another Rashi. So the other Rashi, I don't know if this is necessary. So as I was pointing out, there's different levels of uh, perspective, I guess, you could have the Torah. If you look in close, it's 613 parts. If you take a step back, it's 10 parts. And you take a step further back, it's like uh, one Torah. Something like that, right? If we're, going to, if, we're going, if we're going to another Rashi, why don't we go to... Um... Eliezer. Why would we go to Eliezer? Because he also has this uh, those allusions to the uh, Aseris Adibros and the Torah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I, I'm going to go a little more, maybe. Okay, you can go there. That's not where I want to go. But, you know, it's not, I didn't think of that one. But, so I'm going to Rashi by the Aseris, by, by Matan Torah. Okay? So it says, by Dabar Kim, this is in Yudtas Aleph. Okay. So um it's called This is the intro, the lead into so it's different. So it's called Dormaila Rashi. Hashem said that so it's Dibros in one Dibra. It's called Dvaram Ha'ela, which I guess means oh no, no. what's the Joshua? I forgot the Joshua. Bidibarachat. So why is that called Hadvaram Ha'ela? These. I forget the Drasha. But there's some Drasha that it makes it sound like um, he said it all the Dibor Echad. Mashi'i Evsha La'adam Lomarkin, which is impossible for a person to say it. So again, he said all the, the, the Dibros in one saying. Okay? Okay, Ha'ela as opposed to Elu, maybe. 
a lu is these, a la is this. Makes sense, right? I think so. So um, this, all the, the all this, Devarim. So it's not congruous, right? So saying because he said it all in one breath, one deep one, which a person can't do. And came out to tell him our order yes. So why did it then say them separately? Shechazer upirish al kol dibur dibur because he then subsequently explains enunciating each one separately. Okay, so he said it all in one, but then he separately re-enunciated them kind of in all ten separate. Okay, so it's related a little bit, sort of. And yeah. so I want to say is like this: that that yeah, the different different levels uh, which you could look at the Torah. In the one, and it's a funny thing to do. Why is he saying all the deros in one breath? And no one can hear it. Who, who needs that? What's the point of that? Right? So in some sense, you could look at the, the Torah as like a singular entity. But it was singular objective, which is to bring us to a Kodesh Baruch Okay? To recognize a Kodesh Baruch In the sense, the whole Torah is really one objective bringing mankind to Hashem. Okay? And in that sense, is like Hashem, so to speak, said all the Dibros, one noise, which one sound, which incorporates everything. Because it really is, there's only, you could summarize, the whole Torah is like, no God, right? Be connected to, except the Kodesh Baruch is the ultimate reality. That's it. The whole Torah. I mean, ultimately, right? Because everything is in some way or other going to be involved. And knowing God, man, relating to God. All right? Yeah? No God. That's what it came no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Okay? Yeah. To know God. Okay? <laughs> On the other hand, you could just say to man, okay, no God. <laughs> Accept the reality of God. You could just say that. That's like a doctor says, be healthy, right? Be healthy, okay? That's all I have to do, just be healthy. Well, what does that mean, be healthy? Oh, well, you got to eat right. What does that mean, eat right? Well, you got to have, you know, some doctor could fill in the blanks, right? You got to exercise. You got to do other healthy stuff, right? But there's, be healthy is like one phrase, but there's, no one could actually do that. You can't do the action of being healthy, being healthy is an overarching objective, which is realized through various categories of things, right? And no, be aware, recognize God is an overarching objective, which is the one dibor. But that one dibor can't be actualized and realized and incorporated into your life in one felt swoop. I'll recognize God. It has to be recognize through different categories, through ten dibras, through different categories of approaching God, different categories of accepting that reality into your life. So God first said one dibor to say there's only one mitzvah. You want more? You want me to help you out and give you some route towards getting there? I'll give you ten. But realize ultimately it's only one thing that God's asking you. It's just that the ten is to assist us in roots towards recognizing God, roots towards incorporating Kodesh Baruch into our lives. There are categories, and that's like Rosh Gom, and Rashi brings it down, and Rosh brings it down, I don't know, I've never seen this in detail, but that there's, the ten dibros are somehow subheadings, subcategories, or categories for the other, all the other mitzvahs. 
right? We've heard this before, right? That the, the six hundred mitzvahs could somehow be classified under the ten dibros. They're not just ten random dibros, but they're overarching categories, which under which all the mitzvahs could find themselves. So it's like the Torah is one objective, but that one objective recognizing God Shparthu could be realized through ten different routes. Shabbos, Shua, speak properly. I don't know, Shabbos, honoring parents, don't steal, like, uh, I don't know, monetary things, sexual restrictions, aggressive instincts, I don't know, squirts. I don't know, however you, you work them out. I haven't seen how, but say, well, it's reasonable. Not just 10 random mitzvahs, but they're kind of, you know, and then is like your jealousy or like pettiness, that type of thing. You know, they're like categories through which you could realize the objective of the Torah, which is recognizing the Kodesh Baruch Hu, incorporating the Kodesh Baruch Hu into your life. And the test, so Hashem first said one Dibor, all of them in one shot, because ultimately they're all unified. It's like one unified theory of the Torah is recognizing the Baruch Hu. But that theory has to be realized through Dibros. And then after he said the one Dibor, he then re-enunciated all ten. Okay? And the ten of them is giving man further direction. How t- could we do that one objective? Don't complain that you have 10 minutes, 10 dibros. If you want, you can only have one. The 10 is for your assistance to be able to direct you, to show you the route towards being able to get there. There are 10 different routes which lead us towards the reality, towards the recognition of the Okay. Now, within those 10 routes, there is a further subdivision. The 10 categories themselves each subdivide into many, 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 many mitzvahs. Okay. Many mitzvahs under Avodazar. Do or something in the Ramos, right? Many mitzvahs under Ramos, right? And so on and so forth, right? So I don't know how the classification goes, but there's a further subdivision. So it's like you have the ultimate overarching objective of the Torah that branches into categories similar to like what the Ramam does. It's not 10, but he has 14 books, if you will, right? There's 10 categories, roots towards realizing this one objective. But then each of those categories branches out into further subdivisions, into many, many, many mitzvahs, altogether 613 of them. And those 613 of them are the vehicles through which these 10 overarching objectives are realized. Because the objectives themselves are very, very broad. And they're isolated mitzvahs, but they include a whole way of looking at different areas. Well, the Zara is like, you could say, one mitzvah, but it's a whole world of Zara. There's many, 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 many mitzvahs. And each one of the Dibros lends itself into the various branches. So you could look at the Torah from these three different vantage points. And, and the suggesting is like you, you have to look at the Torah from all three of them. You can't, you'd be mistaken if you looked at the Torah as just a bunch of mitzvahs, 613 mitzvahs, without realizing that those mitzvahs could be classified into 10 different categories, which is argued with Ram and did in the Mishnah Torah. You have 10 categories, you have 14 books or whatever, which themselves have the branches of halachas, you know. But it's like if you look at it as just a sum total of mitzvahs, 
that there's a structure and a categorization of the mitzvahs. It would be like looking at life and seeing all the different organisms, but not making a classification system with the different species and genera and however those, you know, yeah. whatever the classification is. But that's, that's what classification is about, right? And if you think of, even if you think of the 10 Dibros and you look at it like there's 10 objectives of the Torah and you don't realize that those objectives have ultimately at its core one objective, which is the Kodesh Baruch also you're missing out on looking, seeing the Torah properly. Right? You're not realizing that there's a substructure which ultimately has one Torah, which has one ultimate core, which is towards recognizing the Yadashah. And likewise, if you just look at the Torah in a singular way, recognize the Gosh without recognizing the fact that there has a, there's a technique of recognizing the Gosh which is through the Kedilibros, then you're missing out. Then you just like, my goal is I just want to recognize Hashem. Well, that's not a realistic plan, just recognize Hashem. The Torah has a method, which is through Dibros. And if you just say, oh, I have these 10 themes in my life, these 10 pillars, these 10 Dibros, these 10 commandments, but I don't realize those 10 themes are too high in the sky type of thinking. You need to realize those 10 themes through many, 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 many mitzvahs. Each one of them has to, to encounter them regularly through the system of mitzvahs, which, encounter, which you encounter every day of your life all over the place. And also, you're, you're too broad, too attached to abstract themes, but those themes don't penetrate your very day-to-day existence which the Tagmas was do. So there are like three levels of looking at the system of Torah. And they work together. They're one gift. It's all together. It's one. They gave a spoon of Ketorah. That's the way it So it contained the 613 mitzvahs. It was weighed 10 dibros and it was one kaf. So they're like all one gift. But this one gift has these three different dimensions to it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, a few questions we have to answer. First of all, why is this? What's, why Gematria? Second of all, why Adbash? Third of all, what is it that I do with Mishkan? Right. So, so, so let's start with the Gematria question. Let's start with the Gematria question. Okay. Yeah. Mm. No. No, let's start with the mission. Okay. Another mission. Let's do the mission. So, on a plain level, Maybe there's various answers you can say. You might be all excited about the Mishkan. This is unbelievable. We have a Mishkan. In the Siyam, everyone's so happy. The Mishkan. But the Mishkan, as with anything else in the Torah, has to be perceived in the context of the system of the Torah as all. You can't be a Mishkan Jew. There's no such thing as a Mishkan Jew. Or a Hashras Jew, or a Davening Jew, or a Shabbos Jew or a Yantif Jew or anything Jew. There's just a Jew. And a Jew is a Torah Tayyagnitzvah Jew. There's no idea. You can't just take one aspect of the Torah 
and make this your focus. The Torah is an integrated system, which has one objective, which is realized through 10 subdivisions, which is realized ultimately through Tariq. And like, perhaps there was an excitement about the Mishkan. Hashem is revealing himself to the Mishkan. This is unbelievable. This is where it's at. And this is the pinnacle, the objective, the culmination of the whole world up until this point. I'm going to focus everything on the Mishkan. You can't focus everything on the Mishkan. The Mishkan is great, but it's a chilek of Torah's Moshe. It's a chilek of the whole system. And it has to be understood as such. It's part and parcel of the overarching perspective for perfection of of Torah, which has, again, it's important, but it's not everything. And there's many other mitzvahs. So it could be the Nesim in their excitement about the Mishkan and this excitement of the culmination of everything building the Mishkan. They're acknowledging the fact that Mishkan is part of the bigger picture. And you know, it's similar, reminds me of, this is, um, I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but I, I don't think it will. But like some people are all about Aliyah. Okay? Their whole thing is about the state of Israel. And the state of Israel is great, and it's a great mitzvah, and I love the state of Israel, and everyone should be cherish it and want to be there and want to be in their life and in their death. The greatest thing. But it's not the whole Torah. Not everything is the state of Israel. There's other factors. Because I'll say if you're learning, it'll be better in, uh, in, uh, in Babel or in, uh, somewhere else than when it takes precedence. There's state of Israel, again, it's, it's a great features and it's a feature the significant the central feature of the torah but if your whole life is the state of israel and speaking hebrew and not a lulav and not giving staka and not i don't know isurabia and not kashros then it's like you're taking one facet of the torah and making that everything and that's the case again i'm just picked happen to pick out show but it could be anything it could be a mishkan it could be davening again different people have different things Staka. Some people, their whole thing is stuck. That's what they do. A big, 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 big valley stuck. Everything else? Whatever. That's for other people. Again, I'm happy that those people do it and call HaKavu that they do that. But again, the Torah has to be understood as an integrated system. The Mishkan perhaps is, has a tendency to grab people in and make this their focal point. But the Nisim are saying, we're excited about the Mishkan, we're giving our gifts, this is super duper great. But at the same time, there's a bigger perspective. And they're referencing the great bigger perspective. The system of Torah as a whole is being referenced in their in their Now the Gamantria point. Yes. So just this and that. Yeah. How do we see that this is only part of the objection from the Kamas? I'm saying is why are they referencing in their karbanos the kafachas or the one Torah which the ten dibros and six hundred thirty mitzvahs? Who's talking about six hundred thirty mitzvahs and ten dibros and one Torah? Why are you doing that? You just bring the mishkan. Mm. You just bring karbanos and mishkan. Why are you referencing that? So you could reference, I don't know, Akhamadam or whatever. But like, what do you? What's the point of referencing this threefold subdivision of the Torah in the in the gifts of the nesiim for the mishkan? saying it's because they're trying to contextualize the Mishkan in the context of Torah as a whole. Mm-hmm. That's why they're referencing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Okay. Now, the Gematria point, so this is a point that I, I made, I gave a share about the Gematria share before, before 
or Shavuos, and kind of borrowing from the idea that I expressed over there. Similar expression of it. But basically, the, the idea here is, is that Hashem is giving us the Torah, one overarching system, which has these 10 subdivisions, okay? 10 categories, if you will, of mitzvahs. But then each of those categories breaks down into many, many, many mitzvahs. There's some total to 613, right? How do you get 613? Why is that the number? Is it, could it have been any number? Could it have been 20? Could it have been a million? Each of the categories, how many mitzvahs are under each of the categories? Is it just arbitrary? Is there a sense to it? And the answer is yes. There is a sense to it. It's not arbitrary. It's Hekadosh Baruch Hu, who is Omer La'olam Dai. So as I'll say, the name Shindal Yod is reference to Omer La'olam Dai, who said to the world, enough. We fixed the quantities in the universe. Because the universe, the laws of nature exhibit fine-tuning. Very exact precision. He fine-tuned the Torah. And he figured out, so to speak, the right number of mitzvot to realize these 10 categories of human perfection. And some of the categories are bigger than others, another one just smaller than others, and there's a sum total of 613 mitzvot. But the, the number of, again, for example, if there were a million mitzvot, we wouldn't have time to learn Torah, to do anything. We'd just be doing a million mitzvot all the time. We wouldn't have time to stop and think and live our lives. If there were eight mitzvot or 20 mitzvot, it wouldn't be enough to capture, capture our energies throughout our lives. The number, and I have no clue how to figure out why this is the, the right number, but that's the great Chachmas Hashem, fine-tuned, the quantity of mitzvahs is part of the system of mitzvahs. It's not just there happened to be some random number. Just they make a mitzvah, so no, turns out this is interesting. There's a, there's, a, there's a Chachma to the number, and to why that number, I don't know exactly a number, I'm not saying it couldn't have been 614 or 612, I, I don't know, but the point is that's the range. The part, they're part of the Chachma of the system of the Torah is the quantity. And arguably within each of the categories. Maybe there are more mitzvahs under Avodah Zarah than there are under, I don't know, one of the other devils, Shabbos. Right? Because maybe Avodah Zarah is very, 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 very important in the man's mind and psyche, such that in order to impact him and draw him out of Avodah Zarah, you need 50 mitzvahs. Maybe for Shabbos it's not necessary to do that, or whatever. Again, the point is, I don't know how to come up with these numbers. This is the Chachmas Hashem. But the Chachmas Hashem is the quantities is part of the system of the Torah. The system of the Torah isn't just category, 10 categories, you could argue this in the quantity. You could just say there's 10 areas of human life. The 10 debras, it happened to be 10. But 613, there are 613 categories. Arguably, each category has many, 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 many mitzvahs. And the number, I'm saying quantity, is part of the system. The Torah is designed to incorporate. In, grab us many, many, many different places, many different expressions, many reminders of, of, of these various themes in the Torah of the Ten Bibles. So I'm suggesting it's using gematria is directing our attention towards the significance of quantity. Okay, the gematria of Ketoros, the 613 mitzvahs are referenced through the gematria because that's part of, it's describing the, the system of Torah as a whole in the but the Chachma of the system of the Torah, and it's highlighting one aspect of what it's highlighting is the quantity. That's a, that's a feature of the system of the Torah, is 
the chachma of the, the choice quant, chosen quantities. Yes. Yeah. Are you saying that, like, it's just highlighting the fact that there is a quantity, or it's highlighting like a specific reason why it's six thirteen? It's well, it's both, but but uh, but not not a specific reason, but that there is specific chachma to the fact that there is that way. But we don't know exactly why it is. Maybe one day we will, or maybe someone does. But um, it's just the fact that that the number is not arbitrary. Part of the perfection of the Torah is the quantity. And we could glim- get glimpses of it. It sounds like, again, it could say in general, if we're much, much less, the objectives of the Torah wouldn't be realized on us because we'd forget about the Torah. If it was much, much, much more, it'd be too overwhelming. We wouldn't be able to sit and learn it until our lives. That's the ballpark of, you know, but obviously that, you know, if we're 800 or 400, I don't know if we would have noticed, but that doesn't mean it doesn't matter. And this is, I think, what's, this is what's cool about in physics, this was discovered. There are these numbers, which is like um, the rate at which the universe is expanding. It's like three times 10 to negative 122nd power. Okay? And it's weird of a number as that sounds. Turns out that scientists discovered that if there were wasn't a 122nd, it was off by a few zeros, the whole universe would make. And there are many numbers like that. With things that seem, well, whatever, the number just happens to be that number. The force of gravity, it happened to be a little, a little stronger or weaker, whatever, who cares? It doesn't matter. The whole universe wouldn't work without these numbers being fine-tuned towards very close to the close to the values which they have. So that's part of seeing Chachma, is to see the significance of quantity. And that, that's what Chazal say, the name Shindal Adyot, according to Sadigon and and uh, Barbanel, I think the term the name actually means that Sheomer Lolam died. It's based on the Gemara Chagiga. He said to the world, "Enough." The Gemara says the world is expanding, and Hashem said, "Die." Enough. The sea level is rising, and Hashem said, "Die." Enough. So quantity is very significant, especially modern science shows the significance of quantities. But I'm saying it's quantities in science. What's quantities in Torah? Part of the Chachma of the Torah is the quantities that Hashem fine-tuned and they measure it properly. Now, what about the Atbash Yardak? Okay. So, 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 so I was thinking like this, is that what's the connection between Ketoras and the Mitzvahs? Right? It's a funny thing. Like, Ketoras is referencing Tayyag Mitzvahs. But what does Ketoras mean to the Mitzvahs? Right? Is there any connection between those two? Or is it just what happened? That's the word which happens to have the gemacho when you change it around. Okay. So at first I started thinking about Ketoras and different ideas about Ketoras and Ketoras Otsuma Gefa and this that you know. But then I thought maybe there's something else in Ketoras, which is as follows. So Ketoras has has multiple ingredients. How many? Eleven, I think. Eleven. Different ingredients, right? And uh, there's like as a Rashi, I think it's on Ketoros or Shaman Mesh. I think it's on Ketoros. It says there's one spice in the Ketoros which is stinky. Kelvino or there's a Rashi. It says smelly spice. It's not good. But um, but when you mix it together with the other spices, it smells good. Right? And it teaches you that you should always be incorporate Poshe Yisrael in our Tvilas. Right? We did discuss this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it shows you that. That you should always include the sinners of Israel in, in, in your gatherings, in your tefillahs. 
which means because of one sinner on his own may be as the greatest, but in part of a klal, you can add something to the klal. So the klal that works together as a nation, we work together. So um, the point is that in Ketoras, one spice on its own, any one little driplet, if you take one little kernel of Ketoras, it might smell stinky, it might smell poorly. But Ketoras as a totality is this unbelievably smelling dish. Okay? So again, so Ketoras I'm suggesting is it's granular. It's a kaf, a spoonful of Ketoras. smells great. You take one little piece of Ketoras, you take one spice, and it smells like whatever. But the way Ketoras works is the mixture of all the spices together. And that's what enables it to be the unbelievable smell of incense, which it is. Right? So I'm suggesting there's a parallel. And this might sound superficial, and it's by design. I'll get to that in a second. But the Torah is also like that. And that's to get to the point of saying in my Mishnah. The Torah is comprised of many, many, many mitzvahs, 613. But if you just take one mitzvah in isolation, I'm not saying it smells poorly, but you're not getting the, the system of the Torah. The Torah is designed as a system. And the system of the Torah works when all of its parts work together. Okay? If you just take one mitzvah, a lulav, and that's all you do, you're not going to have the perfection of the Torah. Maybe you're not even going to have the perfection of lulav. Argue. It's the the Torah is designed to work together. If you take the one mitzvah of Simchas Yantav, I love Simchas Yantav. Well, that's great. You like drinking and eating wine. If you take Simchas Yantav as part of the whole system of the Torah, as a life of Kedusha, then that's great. If you take Yisurim, Yisurim Bia, and you say, you're, that's my thing, Yisurim. Well, then you're like an ascetic. You have that, but if you have Yisurim Bia, and then you also have Simchas Yantav, and now you have self-control, and then also enjoyment, you have an integrated system which works for the whole human personality. So all the mitzvahs are designed to be a combination. It's like a spoonful of ketoras, which has many little granules which work together to make an unbelievably smelling incense. And the system of the Torah is comprised of many little granules, isolated mitzvahs, which work together to give us the system which we know as the Torah. So I'm saying that the relationship between the Ketoras and the Tayag Mitzvos is an associative one, almost the way that an Aleph is related to a Taf, and the Beis is related to a Shem, and a Gimel to a, to a Resh, a Dalet to a Kaf. I'm suggesting that At Bashkar Dak is trying to draw your attention to a connection which is merely superficial. Okay? It, it's, there's nothing essentially similar about Ketoras and Tayagmesmos. It's not about the conceptual content of Ketoras which stops the Magefa and anything like that. It's, it's a detail of Ketoras. It's the fact that it's made of little pieces that don't smell. That's not the essence of what Ketoras is about. That's like a feature of it. An accidental feature, if you will. But there's nothing essentially similar about an aleph and a taf, and a bez and a shin, but merely the fact the way they're placed in the aleph bez. So this is the theory, which has yet to be tested, but it's just the theory, is that Chazal use at Bashgardak to direct your attention to connect to areas which are have something similar about them 
but it's in a certain sense a superficial similarity, okay? Akin to the relationship between Aleph and the and the base of the machine, you know? So. Which itself is superficial. <laughs> Which itself is superficial, the connection itself. Sure, sure. So this is, again, I have yet to test it again. This is uh, out of the press, so I, I have no idea if it's good, you know? But again, that's what, this is what I did, again, years ago for the Gamatria theory, 20 years ago. It took about 10 years for it to come up with any, with one more example of that. <laughs> but I don't know. Now, given that it has, you know, it seems to work with the, with the Gematria, you know, see if it's, uh, you know, but the concept is, again, I don't know if it's going to end up working out. It's like, maybe there are methods which Chazal use, which are not just referencing ideas, but they're, so to speak, hints, clues to direct your attention to the type of idea which they're referencing. So maybe yes, maybe not. If anyone wants to uh, pursue it, but again, the one 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 piece of advice I would say, if anyone tries this, is when the, the problem with gematria. When I did this, was that again I had one one gematria example many many years ago, and I knew it was like something about the quantity or whatever, and I tried to replicate it in other gematrias, and I was failed, failed, failed every time. And the the trick which I realized was you can't force it. Okay. In other words, with the gematria areas, it was always like in this area, for example, in this in this thing with the kafachazos of like Torahs. If we just started from the beginning and said, "Where's quantity in kafachazos of one Torah, ten debros, Where's quantity? It's like he's stuffing in quantity. We did not do that, and I didn't think of it that way. So, what is this one ten and third six thirteen? And those are the three levels. Similar approaches, what Zeb was saying develop the idea of these three perspectives. And then once we had a framework, I said, well, where does Gamachia, where does quantity fit in? That's always the model, which I've always had success with, is do not look for quantities yet. You got to have an area of the qualitative parsha, and then see if you could find anywhere which quantity fits in. It doesn't work the other way. The other way it's like force. Quantity is quantity of something. If you don't even know what you're talking about, quantity isn't going to fit in. So I'd say, arguably, the Ayavash God, you can't just look for superficial similarities. It just, you know, it's just good. You know, like, what is, you got to, like, get your head in the area and then see if it fits. Mm. So maybe it will, maybe it will. 